Hi, and welcome to the first podcast of SpeechWorks. And I am Marilyn Ringo. I'm a coach, a communications coach with SpeechWorks. My background is uh, CNN, CNN Headline News, and TBS, where I was an anchor and producer. And joining me is Joey Asher, the president of SpeechWorks. Hi, Joey. Hello, Marilyn. Here we are, moving into the 21st century of communicating. We are embracing the new technology. And we are here to do a podcast, to have discussions about issues related to communications. Everything from how to organize your message to how to deliver it to how to deal with nerves, which is what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, uh, Joey, tell us a little bit about SpeechWorks. SpeechWorks is a selling and communication skills coaching company. This is actually our 20th year in business. Happy birthday, SpeechWorks. Yes, it's 20 years. We have been, uh, what we do is we coach executives and managers and uh, directors and Anyone who needs to communicate more effectively, we help them. We coach people on how to give better presentations. We coach salespeople on how to give better sales pitches. We coach people if they have to go in front of the media. We we prepare folks for dealing with the media interviews. In fact, I just did a media training with the director of the High Museum of Art here in Atlanta. For the Today Show. For the Today Show, yeah. Great. On the Louvre Atlanta. A little plug there for our High Museum of Art. So we're going to talk about nerves today. Actually, tell us a little bit about you first. I already gave the folks a little bit of my background. I'm an attorney. I practice law here in Atlanta. I was an electric utility regulatory lawyer. Yes, it's just (laughs) as exciting as it sounds. Uh, I was an electric utility regulatory lawyer with Troutman Sanders here in Atlanta. Before that, I was a newspaper reporter up in New York. So you are a communicator. I, and you were an English major, too. I was an English major. <laughs> As was I in a previous right. life. We have two English majors. So this, <laughs> this is what English majors end up doing, is uh, doing podcasts. Exactly. But we end, up doing, uh, we end up doing work with some great clients. Some of our clients are Home Depot. Kimberly Clark. And Georgia Pacific. Check Free Corporation. We got a we're, trip we're to a real London out of that Yeah, one. we sure did. That was great. Had a little trip to London. Kaiser Permanente of Georgia. And... Uh, they thrive. We help them thrive. We help <laughs> we, all of our clients thrive. We help them all thrive. But today we're going to start out with probably one of the most vexing issues uh, that uh, people deal with when they have to get up and talk, and that is nerves. Without a doubt, the number one thing that people tell us that worries them about giving speeches and public speaking is nerves. They get nervous. You know, since I've been here and, and have dealt with this, and I know I certainly deal with my own set of nerves, uh, I wonder why is it? Why is it that people get so nervous? In fact, as as uh, Jerry Seinfeld, he has a routine about uh, people getting nervous, and, and he says that if somebody's at a funeral, they would probably rather be in the casket than doing the eulogy. Now that is nervous, <laughs> which which just points out actually studies that show that nerves are the number one fear, second only to death. I think that uh, it's, it's a greater fear than spiders. <laughs> I know that my wife's number one fear is spiders, but the number one fear apparently is nerves. It, when getting, is public speaking. It's actually... Excuse me, yeah, the number yeah. one thing that makes people most nervous is public, is speaking. public speaking, yes. Doing this kind That's of right. thing. You're a little it. nervous there, Joey? I'm, well, I'm, I'm, you're helping me. You're helping me. So why? Let's talk about the why. Why are we so nervous? And I know you have... An interesting philosophy, a very basic philosophy on this. I think that uh, people get nervous giving speeches because it is an unnatural act. (laughs) We were not intended to give speeches. 
But we are social creatures, and we are, we were intended to communicate with each other. I think we were intended to communicate, mm-hmm. but we're really intended to communicate on a more intimate level. I think you know we have we we're, we're you know we're intended to sort of go back and forth and, and ask questions of each other and sort of be more intimate. You know, we're 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 all best when we're over a dinner table chatting with each mm-hmm. other. But when we have to get up in front of five, ten, hundred, certainly a thousand people, then something kicks in. Yeah, it becomes a one-way conversation. It becomes you just talking at all these people, and they're sort of looking at you, and there's this sense that you have no idea what they're really thinking of you. You know, and there are all different levels of nerves. We see it here at, at SpeechWorks. We see people who, you know, have your normal kind of, well, I think actually, let me just say, nerves are normal. Everybody feels nervous. Everybody feels nervous. There are just different ranges of nerves. In fact, you and I both get nervous. Yeah, when we have to do what we did a pitch actually to uh, one of our for one of our future clients, and we had to. We you made me practice. We practiced a lot. <laughs> and didn't we get nervous in front of each other practicing? We practiced quite. Yeah, we practiced, <laughs> and we did get nervous. I'll tell you. Just yesterday, I gave a big present, a relatively big presentation for the. Uh, for Crew, which is mm-hmm. the Commercial Real Estate Women Association, a very important, very big association. About 100 people were there. And uh, I had been invited to give a presentation, a two-hour presentation about communication skills and how to win how to win a pitch. And I was nervous. I was really nervous. So what did you do? Well, what I did was, I, the main thing I did was I practiced. You know, I spent a lot of time practicing. Well, and we'll talk more about that. And just a bit. But I want to I want to explore this idea of why we get so nervous and what what exactly is happening there. Like we had uh, someone come to us who actually started having panic attacks at work because of his something that happened to him. He said when he was thirteen years old, his bar mitzvah. He said he was so traumatized by having to get up. And do whatever it is that thirteen-year-old people do at their bar mitzvahs. Let me tell you something. I can speak from personal experience uh-huh. that the, the bar mitzvah situation is a very traumatic situation. Can be anyway. It's well, the first time you have to get up in front of a lot of people and and perform. Well, he says his his fear of getting up in just a meeting and doing a presentation before clients was based on that one traumatic event and. Therapists who deal with phobias and fear of public speaking is one of them actually say that things like this will create, will have your nervous system learn to associate fear with speaking. You know, one traumatic event like that or just a series of unpleasant occurrences when you're having to talk with people and, 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 and our nervous system takes over. It's almost like you've uh, you formed this one negative association a mm-hmm. long time ago, and then somehow when you get up to speak again, all of a sudden the next thing you know you're back in synagogue giving yeah. a presentation to all of these breaking out into a cold sweat to, to your aunts and uncles and your grand and your grandparents, you know, talking about uh, the Torah. And it can be <laughs> a very uh, nerve wracking experience. But what therapists also say, and we're not therapists, but this is what they say that. Learning, uh, having nerves is, or having this fear of public speaking is actually a learned situation. You say we're, you know, we're not, we're, we're evolved in a way that we're not meant to speak, but this fear is actually a learned situation. So consequently, it can be unlearned. 
Absolutely, and we, it's our experience that uh, with some practice and by doing a few basic things, you can actually learn to be a very good speaker. And you're not gonna—you're never gonna really completely get rid of your nerves, but you can definitely learn to communicate effectively and be effective in spite of a little bit of anxiety. Yeah, it's the great. Uh Actress Mary Martin once said, you know, after 40 years of being on stage and being in the movies, she still got butterflies. The only difference was she learned to make those butterflies fly in formation. And that's what we want to do is we want to help you and we, we help our clients learn to get those butterflies to fly in formation. Or, or control. There are ways of controlling the nerves. First of all, accept that you're going to get them. We all get them to one degree or another, but that you can control them. And that you don't, you're not necessarily going to look as nervous as you feel. Don't you find that a lot of the folks who come here to SpeechWorks have that epiphany when well, they get on camera? Yeah, you know, one of the things that we'll do is uh, in our workshops, we'll have them give a presentation and they'll tell, at the, at the end of the presentation, they'll finish up and we'll say, well, so how did that go? How did you feel? And they'll say, oh, I felt really nervous. And we'll say, well, let's take a look at your videotape. And we'll show them the videotape. We'll show them what they look like. And they'll be amazed that they really don't look that nervous. They, they look good. They just didn't feel good. Right. But and they looked good. And that's one of the tricks, you know, to kind of fake it until <laughs> you make it up there. Right. To know that, you know, they don't, I don't look as nervous as I feel. That way maybe I can get through this. I'm not going to fall over. I'm not going to die. That's right. People aren't shake. thinking the negative things about you that maybe you think that they're thinking. Actually, you look pretty good. You look, uh, you look nice and confident, though inside you may be a... Sort of a roiling, <laughs> a roiling cauldron of anxiety. You know, and apparently you can fool, your body can fool your mind. You know, so you if you get up in front of people and you smile and you move, apparently your body can make your mind think, okay, well, this isn't so bad. I actually do feel good. You know, now it's an I'm interesting not. thing. There's actually a psychological principle behind this. There's a famous psychologist named William James. Right, of course. William James, who sort of <clears throat> was the father of the act-as-if uh, school of psychology. And the act-as-if school of a psychology goes something like this, that if you sort of act confident that you'll start to actually be confident. A lot of people, you know, it's, it's kind of it would, at the time, you know, you know, he was a he was a 19th century right. psychologist, but at the time everybody sort of felt like, well, you have to actually feel good in order to look good. Well, he sort of turned that completely around and said, "No, no, no. If you actually pretend that you feel good, you'll actually start to feel good." And actually, you know, there's a I think that we all find that a lot of people have experiences like this. You know, I'll give you an example when you know, when we go to a party sometimes and I don't feel like going, my wife will say to me, well, don't just pretend like you're having fun. And then what happens in that kind of situation? You end up having, you start fun. having fun. Well, you know, William James was onto something because there's all kinds of uh, studies and research going on around what happens in our brains and that connection between our brain and, and our body. And apparently, you know, just something as simple as smiling creates these endorphins that help you feel better and make you feel good. One of a friend of mine who is a, a very good salesperson says, "You know, it's hard to it's hard to feel bad when you're smiling." Yeah, and that's try a, it. There's actually a good that there's, there's actually something some truth to that. If you just go around smiling all the time, you're going to feel better. Well, you know that that's one tiny that's one tiny little thing. But let's talk about something you mentioned, which I think is a biggie, and that is practice and preparation. Preparation and practice is probably well. They say it's fifty percent of the battle against nerves. Without a doubt, we, we talk about this all the time, and no doubt the most important thing that you can do to deal with your nerves is to rehearse. It is as simple as that. There is no 
shortcut. You know, you hear people say things like, well, to deal with your nerves, you should imagine your audience sitting there in their, in their, <laughs> in their undershorts right. or naked or stuff like Winston, that. Winston Churchill, the great, great, great speaker, said he used to picture people, oh, actually, the, the uh, parliament sitting there on the loo. That sounds okay, doesn't it? Yes, it's okay to say the loo, I guess. Yeah, I, I, what a know, lot. I, I was kind of hoping I would make it through my life without imagining <laughs> parliament in there, in the bathroom. But, but there, are, yeah, there are all kinds of little tricks people told us. I'm not so sure those things really work, do they? Have you ever tried that? I've never, you know, I've never really imagined anyone sitting there. Well, no. I shouldn't say, well, let's put it this way. As far as public speaking is concerned, I've never, I've never imagined anybody sitting, oh, <laughs> sitting in their undershorts. Okay. All right, the real Joey is coming out here now. All right, but anyway, practice is key. Practice probably works a little better than that. The most important thing is to rehearse. And, what, you know, and it's important to remember what we mean by rehearse. What we mean is you need to practice your presentation out loud from beginning to mm-hmm. end without stopping as if it were real, as if it were a play. You need to do it over and over and over again. You mean lying down on the couch and closing your eyes and kind of running through it in your head? That doesn't count? A lot of people will do that. You know, a lot of people will just sort of imagine, you know, they'll sort of, they'll, they'll take out their PowerPoint slides and they'll flip through it and they'll say, okay, this slide, I know what I'm going to say here. And they'll flip through and they'll sort of, they'll sort of go over it in their head. That doesn't cut it. That doesn't cut it. You know, it's a play. You know, this is a spoken art. It's a spoken art, and you got to practice what you're going to say. And it really does make a difference in how you feel once you get up there. You have the confidence to know that you've got a pretty good handle on your information. And once you've got that information focused and, and you do it out loud, and again, there's that mind-body connect. When you do it out loud, somehow it kind of files away in your mind's eye what's, what's happening. And you get up there, and it's, you, you, know, you could do it if a bomb went off. You know, it's interesting. One of the things that we will tell our clients to do is to practice it at home with the TV on. Turn on the mm-hmm. TV. If you can deliver your presentation. And the kids running around. And the kids running around, the dog barking, <laughs> yeah, all that kind of stuff. If, uh-huh. if you can get, deliver your presentation effectively in that setting, you're ready. You're ready to do it. And you may be nervous, but you'll do fine. So preparation and practice is, is a huge part of uh, handling those nerves. The other part is, is physical preparation. We talked about what happens if you smile. Uh, but there are lots of other physical issues involved here because what happens, I know when I get nervous, and I do, uh, my hands get real clammy. My heart starts racing. Mm-hmm. There are all kinds of physical things that happen. Yeah, my heart starts to race. That's the number one thing. I just My heart feels like I'm just, just like... Thump, 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 you know, like that uh, Edgar Allan Poe uh, the telltale heart. The telltale right. heart. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you were an English major, so that's right. That's right. I, I, the telltale heart. I sort of feel like somebody. They must be able to hear my heart pounding because it's just pounding right. so hard. Because that's what that's what I feel. And that, of course, is adrenaline. Absolutely. That's you know, it's interesting. Um, when I was writing my first book, even a geek can speak. Nice plug. That's right. Very available good. here at Speechworks, seventeen dollars. <laughs> the. The, uh, I, you know, in, in writing the book, I actually uh, called my sister, who's a physician, and I just sort of said, you know, what's going on in your body? I mean, what is it, what's physically happening to you? And what she said is that what's happening is, is that it is the triggering of the very, one of the oldest sort of innate responses that right. humans have, which is the famous fight or flight response. Right. That, uh, that years ago, when we were in, you know, you know in our caveman days, I guess. We're running around in the woods and we could be chased by bears and we need, you know, we would identify danger. That would be the, you know, in our brain we would identify danger and then we would need a lot of, a burst of energy to get away from the bear. 
And so that's this is sort of a, a sort of a remnant of that old response. And that and that adrenaline, apparently, I read the the New York Times science section a lot. Apparently, mm-hmm. that adrenaline flows to the part of your brain which is like the uh, what is that the the lizard part of your brain, the very primitive part of your brain which is at the base of your skull. Did you know? I'm that? sure it's the lizard. <laughs> I'm sure that's the technical term, the lizard part oh. of your brain. I know there somebody listening to this may uh, know the actual answer to that, but apparently that adrenaline, the blood Blood rushes to that portion of the brain, which is at the base of your skull. But you really want that blood flowing at the top of your brain, which is the thinking and the talking part of your skull. So there are some physical things that you can do to cut down on that adrenaline. And and I know you, for instance, like to walk around the parking lot. I'm a big parking lot walker. <laughs> I'm a parking lot walker. That, no, that's, that's, that is something that I do. I mean, one of the things that your body, that you can do to help deal with that nerves is do what your body wants, right? You're getting that flood of adrenaline so that you can have energy to, for some a lot of physical activity. Well, do what your body wants. Do some physical activity. Walk up and down a flight of stairs. Walk around a parking lot. That's why you see me in parking lots. I will walk around <laughs> the building. You know, uh, the, just the other day when I was speaking to mm-hmm. to crew, the commercial real estate women, I walked. I was at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Atlanta, and they have a lot of sort of walking area just within the hotel itself. And I sort of did a couple of laps yeah. around the hotel. You have to work off. You have to work off all that excess nervous energy. That's before you're doing the presentation, and while you're doing it, if you move. Movement is something that we encourage, and of course there are ways to do that. Uh, but if you move, that takes care of that need that your body has to go somewhere and do something. And it does help to dissipate the nerves while you're up there. A lot of people will, uh, in while they're giving the presentation, will actually, to try and deal with nerves, force themselves to stand extra still, mm-hmm. as if somehow physically controlling that body is going to somehow get rid of those nerves, and it's not going to work that way. It's actually going to make you more nervous you're going to get it's going to be sort of create sort of this sort of negative Mm -hmm. sort of this sort of negative cycle of anxiety until you get more and more nervous and you don't want that what you want to do is move around a little bit and i think people stand still because they'll they figure if i don't move i won't fall over flat on my face there are all kinds of things going through your mind but you actually find that if you walk Mm -hmm. around you actually relax a little bit it definitely helps now that's the physical some of the physical areas but i personally found the most helpful thing to me to dealing with nerves uh, was something that I learned when I first came to SpeechWorks many years ago while I was still doing CNN, and that was to stop thinking about myself. You know, as TV people, we tend to be very (laughs) self-centered. Just speaking for myself. All people are self-centered. It's not just TV people. Well, when you think about that why that we talked about earlier, why do we get so nervous? So much of it has to do with this self-centered talk that's going on in our heads. Oh, you know, this is going to be so terrible. I am really going to mess this presentation up. What are people going to think about me? They're going to find out I'm not. You know, think about all of that negative stuff. Why ask those questions when you should be asking perhaps more listener-centered questions? You know, what do I have here that is really going to help these people? What kind of value am I bringing to these people today? How am I going to help them be smarter, healthier, happier, richer. Absolutely. You know, yesterday, I go back to yesterday when I was speaking to these the, the, the commercial real estate women. Ultimately, the way I end up always dealing with nerves, I end up always saying the same thing to myself. I say, you know something, I'm ready for this presentation. I practiced. Now I'm just going to look at these people. And I'm going to help them. I'm going to do everything I can, give them all the energy I have. And we've got great meaning. We've got great 
ideas, to help them be better presenters, to be better communicators, and I'm just going to give it all to them and make sure that I do everything I can to help them. And that always helps me. I always feel that if I'm just very listener-centered, that uh, Yeah, that was a, a, a real biggie, really. When you stop turning the attention to you and you turn it outward to them, to the listener. I heard this interview with Yo-Yo Ma. Are you familiar with Yo-Yo? He's a the cellist. Yes, he is. He's a fabulous cellist, uh, classical as well as he, he integrates all kinds of new music into his cello, cello playing. Uh, and he was doing an interview on NPR, which may have their own podcast, I'm sure. On That's this. right. Uh, and in any they're case, they're very worried about this part. Yeah, I know now. they're really, really quaking in their boots, real nervous. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, they should be. <laughs> in any case, he he was asked. The interviewer asked him, "When did you really start feeling accomplished as a performer on stage?" And I loved this answer. He said, "It was when I stopped trying to prove myself, and I started sharing the music." with the audience. You know, that, that to me is the same idea of start stop worrying about what people are going to think of you and start sharing all this wonderful information you have. You know, yeah, I mean, I think that people forget that when you get up to give a presentation, it's really an opportunity for you to deliver some real meaning to people. It's an opportunity for you to really help people. It's, a, it's an opportunity for you to really lead people. And if all you're doing is thinking about yourself, you're not going to be able to do that. That This is a great opportunity, but you need to realize what the opportunity is. It's the opportunity to connect with these people and to help them. And that's ultimately what uh, a good way to help deal with your nerves. Yeah, and that's, you know, that, that's kind of intellectualizing it a little bit. But if you, you really do make this little switch in your head, it's like a 180-degree turn. And, and that's, when, that's when I noticed I started getting less nervous. I still get nervous when I'm up in front of those big crowds especially or when something is really at stake, you know, like a, a client or a, or a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I still get those nerves, but by golly, you make me practice. <laughs> you well, and you know, but now, now and you know, we're talking about all these ideas to help you deal with your nerves. Mm-hmm. I will, we, we do agree that there are certain circumstances yeah. where the sort of the, 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 the things that we're talking about here really aren't enough. There are certain things, there are certain situations where people almost have sort of a pathological uh, problem yeah. where they really have to a go. Phobia. And, a phobia. and they have mm-hmm. to go and see a therapist about it. And, and we there do, are. And we, we've had situations where people, where we've recommended people to do that. There are. Uh, yeah, we've had, we've had people get be so nervous that they cry. But we do, we have people that will cry. Even sometimes, though, people will do all the things that we're talking about. They'll practice and they'll still get so nervous that they physically can't it's, even perform. And there tr- there are there are therapists who deal with those phobias, fear of flying, fear of public speaking. There are also drugs. Uh, I know my internist happened to mention that he uses a uh, it's a blood pressure pill, it's a beta blocker that cuts out that cuts down on the adrenaline. And so you physically feel a little better and not quite as jittery. Yeah, though I will tell you that SpeechWorks <laughs> believes in drug-free public speaking. Drug and alcohol-free public yes, speaking. That's right. we, we think that when you give a speech, it should be uh, it should not be drug-assisted. It should not be <laughs> alcohol-assisted. You should, it should just be you, the real you, up there. And uh, you know, no, we, we believe in drug-free speech. So uh, essentially, to deal with nerves, uh, there's the preparation and the practice element. That's fifty percent. 
of the battle against those nerves. There's the physical element, cutting down on some of that adrenaline, uh, moving, uh, doing isometric exercises. I don't think we talked about that. Doing some push isometric ups are good. push-ups. Yeah, Yul Brenner, the famous actor from The King and I, says he used to. Um, oh no! Yeah, he used to push up against the wall That's right. backstage, and that was kind of isometric. Billy Crystal, apparently. Billy Crystal. Billy, if you're listening, tell us if this is still true. Billy says, and he, we saw, we read an interview about him once. He gets really nervous when he goes on, goes on stage live. You know, he's got an, he's got a stage show apparently now that he's touring the country with, and he gets really nervous. And he says, this is what he says: he does 150 mm-hmm. push-ups. Now that seems okay. like. A, a lot. lot of push-ups to me, but that you know, I you know, it was in the newspaper, so I'm sure it's true. Whatever helps you deal with all that excess adrenaline. So there's the the physical, and then there is the the mental, the attitude. You know, the be more listener-centered than self-centered, and all of those things are going to help you control those nerves, help those nerves fly in formation. And there you have it, Joey. That is our. First podcast. What do you think? Were you nervous? Uh, well, no, actually, I felt pretty good. Once you, we, well, we rehearsed a little bit we beforehand, did. so we, we were making sure that we didn't get nervous. We always practice what we preach, don't we? Absolutely. And we're going to preach a little bit more. We're, we're going to do more of these podcasts. The next one is going to be on. Well, we're going to do something related <laughs> to how to put your message together. Today yeah. we talked about nerves, and now I want to shift a little bit to the content. How do you think about putting your ideas together for a presentation? Yeah, that's the part that uh, gets in the way of a lot of good presenting. All right, great. Well, we will be here again next time with a podcast, a SpeechWorks podcast. I'm Marilyn Ringo. And I'm Joey Asher. See you then. Thank you for listening.